environment. Welcome to another episode of the Air Environment Podcast. She's Aaron. Uh, I just oh, you'd naturally I am Aaron. You were supposed <laughs> to then Damon. introduce me. <laughs> okay. We won't let Aaron do the introductions anymore, I guess. You know, we should, uh, we should practice this. I feel like we, I fail every time. <laughs> well, either way, she's the environmental scientist. I'm an adult. And he's the urban pastor. And he is the urban pastor. We yeah, yes I out. am. All right. And oh, uh, boy. we're here to talk about science. Well, Please namely, don't fire me. I try so hard. Namely, Aaron will talk about science. I'm just here to say what and huh and explain that a little more. So <laughs> let's go it's ahead here to and keep do me this. company because, like, let's face it, me talking to myself is not exactly like fun <laughs> uh i imagine it's probably more fun than you think it is for everyone else <laughs> to watch but uh i could be wrong that's okay okay so today we're going into like a different direction why my intention was to start out discussing facts and the importance of scientific evidence and what that means versus like anecdotal evidence and how it's important to take in news and how we properly follow source materials. Um, but that kind of turned into me realizing that in order to talk about like how we properly look at news and like scientific sources, you have to understand the process of science. So it became, it just turned into this like, I started writing, I started writing and then I was like, okay. And then I would get to a point like, oh, well I have to explain this. So then I was like, oh, I'll just explain this. And then I got to another part I explained. I was like, oh, well, I'll just explain this. And then, like, the podcast turned into, like, a bunch of definitions that <laughs> I didn't get anywhere. Ooh, exciting. So, ooh, so fun. And I was like, boy, Jamin's not going to enjoy that or anyone. You don't know. <laughs> I can enjoy a good definition every once in a while. <laughs> so I kind of just started with when we're talking about scientific evidence. It's we're talking about some evidence that's expected to be empirical and interpretable in accordance with the scientific method. So today we're going to talk about the scientific method. Like I eventually want to touch on that original topic and like correlation versus causation and stuff. But to get there, we have to kind of start from the bottom up, which is great because it's not because I don't think people understand it, but it's because science inherently builds upon itself. So it's just blocks and blocks and blocks. So when we start from scratch, we can work our way back up to like more interesting ideas because um, I don't want I don't want people to be confused and also just the complete willful ignorance of facts as a society means we have either decided to reject or ignore facets of the scientific method and I want to just secure that validity. You know what I mean? Validity of science. 
Woo! That, <laughs> it's I mean, valid. It's funny. it's funny with science because, like, the whole point of the study of science is for literal fact and for validity itself. So, whenever like, no, nah, it's not real, or I don't like it, it's like, well. <laughs> right, dude. Okay. I wish I could pick and choose the parts. If we could just pick and choose parts, I'd get rid of gravity instantly. I could fly anywhere. Oh, well, no, you just alter your ability to fly without removing gravity. Mm, that's true. I don't want my computer to float away, then how will I use it? Oh, that's true, because then I guess I would just have to pick and choose the situations in which I'd like to apply gravity. <laughs> which is what we're trying to avoid here. We don't fair, want fair. people to do that. But before we get there, I need to start with just one, just one definition, I promise. And it's mostly when you hear people talk about science and they talk about um, theories and scientific theories. Um, and I've had people say, oh, well, you, like, what you study doesn't matter because all you study is, like, theories. And you don't know if those are true. So, like, a theory has several definitions, the third of which is the most commonly used idea, which is, like, it's something we commonly know is often used as an idea to account for a situation or justify like a course of action. Like my theory that your filing cabinet isn't organized is why you can't find anything. That's like a theory. It's basically a hypothesis, an idea that you have. You're just like proposing a thought. However, that's vastly different than a scientific theory, which is an explanation of an aspect of the natural world that can be measured and repeatedly tested and verified in accordance with the scientific method. Which is different from a law. Laws usually apply to like mathematical concepts and physics, and I, we might return to this later, but um, law, I don't, I don't like math, so. Hey, uh, <laughs> good, good, because I pretty much fail at math. <laughs> there's, one, there's one aspect of STEM that I don't enjoy, it's the M. I'm like, eh. That's yeah, why I'm a algebra, algebra, not my strong suit. I no. uh, pretty much failed algebra. But geometry, no problem. Can do that one. Right. Which is weird because that one comes after algebra. I don't know. <laughs> so moving, moving on to what the scientific method is exactly. It's a method of acquiring knowledge through a series of verifiable, like i.e. measurable, and observational experience rather than through pure logic and, like I said, scientific theory. I'm sure you remember hearing about this from school. Ever, like, do you have, have you heard the phrase scientific method before? Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I so mean, this, isn't that what every science fair is based on? Yes. Yeah. You. Okay. You. It's the scientific method in action. So this method has characterized our development of science since the 17th century and it's a cornerstone like teaching when you start a process of in inquiry uh, like people like people who are gaining PhDs essentially are following this process It's more advanced than what we would think of but it's still the same process of scientific inquiry so it involves careful observation applying rigorous skepticism about what's observed uh, given that cognitive assumptions can distort how uh, you interpret observation, which is why peer-reviewed scientific journals are so important because when they look at your, in order to be published uh, in a peer-reviewed journal, they look at your uh, paper with extreme scrutiny, um, and that involves like forming a hypothesis, hypothesis, 
via uh, like induction or thoughts based on observations, experimental and measurement based testing of deductions that are drawn from that hypothesis and refinement of hypotheses based on your experiment. And these are the principles of the scientific method um, distinguished from a definitive series of steps applicable to basically every area of science. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's I good, think it's good really to just, <clears throat> oh, my mic's coming through your headphones or something. Oh, weird. Uh, I think it's good to just really pay attention to those kind of like peer-reviewed things. That doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people today, and I see that even in the church is mm -hmm. just like science has its own scientific journals. Uh, you know, the, the church actually has its own theological journals that's like, okay, after scrutinous amounts of study and people picking this apart and reviewing right. this and then I submit my journal article and someone might have hated it so much they write a rebuttal which also gets published forcing me to publish again do I really think that this is you know it's like all that stuff almost never trickles down at least in the church for people to ever like <laughs> hear right. what we actually think about the bible instead it's oftentimes someone getting on a stage and like Here's my experience, and then like taking a few <laughs> passages to kind of just like push it on there, which is is fine. It's another form of preaching, of course, and one right. that's needed. It's just uh, it it can sometimes like you miss all the facts, you miss all the um, people doing all the hard work to really come about with like here's what we think, and even even in the church, sometimes it will be theory. Like this is our hypothesis. We think this makes sense with this scripture passage uh will anybody challenge it or help us scrutinize it a little bit more so yeah uh, i think you find with any peer-reviewed stuff like that's very helpful to figuring out facts and 2020 is not peer-reviewed at all so that's right part of the reason <laughs> we're right, seeing that, just that, how little we value that yeah that scrutiny and skepticism is so essential to the process because for instance, the anti-vax movement is a great example of this. Um, one paper was published in a in a, like a pretty good journal, but it was a falsified paper from it was from Andrew Wakefield, 1988. Basically, like jump-started the myth of the link between vaccines and autism. However, no one was able to repeat this experiment. Your your experiment, you must it must be repeatable. Um, it's basically the cornerstone of science. Like it should be repeatable, and I think I've mentioned that a few times already today. Um, and then eventually, it was retracted um, about ten years later. Uh, but the damage had been done. So the, to this day, we still have a we have a resurgence of very treatable and preventable diseases like measles and whooping cough, all because of like one fake piece that nobody bothered to make sure was repeatable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you could go down that rabbit trail for a while, but that might require an entire episode. <laughs> yes, which is why I just breezed because <laughs> right <now. laughs> I don't want to hate myself. Um, but like basically, kind of the history of the method is that um, it was especially advocated by Descartes, um, and then Francis Bacon argued for it, and it rose to particular prominence with Isaac Newton, um, and it came to like like really to the force of science in the 19th century. Um, and that's when that the phrase itself, scientific method, started being used more commonly. And, it, and that's basically just how we use it 
all the time. So the original like model had about five processes. The one we use today has a uh, six to eight, depending on your like height of research. But the original pro the original process started with formulation of a question, which is basically like it could be any question like why is the sky blue. Uh, so then you create a hypothesis from that. Well, the sky is blue because it's got cotton candy in it. Uh, so that is, that's my hypothesis. It's just a question. Uh, but a hypothesis, essential part of a hypothesis, it must be falsifiable. You must be able to prove that the sky does not have cotton candy. Which, um, frankly, is possible to prove that the sky doesn't have cotton Or candy. is it? <laughs> I just uh, bought cotton candy Fago yesterday, so right. that has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> uh, and from there, you'll make a prediction of like, oh, it has cotton candy, and this is like where it comes from. And then you test that prediction, uh, and from there, you and you can make an analysis. So that's the that's what it, what it used to be. So today, what the things that we have are. Um, define a question so like I said why is the sky blue and then you gather information and sources um, so it can be observation you a lot of times I mean you do this when you when you want to write a paper Jamin I'm sure you consult um, commentaries and journals right so it's just gathering of information it's important to gather it from multiple sources though yeah in fact I'll show you really quick because, you know, everybody loves to watch people do research. This is my Bible software. Right? Oh, wow. So, like, if we were to look up, I don't know, let's just say Genesis 5.3. I would type that in, and then it would go through everything I own and bring about every commentary, everything that's there right to that spot so I can click on it, see what someone had to say, and then compare it with someone else, and then go into the Greek or the Hebrew and click on any word, make it tell me what it sounds like, and then That's go further easy. into where it is and every time it's used in the Bible, how it gets translated. So, like, this is a good example, you know, just in, like, something as simple as Bible research is really not that simple. It requires lots of research and theory and comparing one person's theory with another until you come about with everything Does that makes sense so uh that's if that's bible research just imagine how complicated science is <laughs> it is <coughs> excuse me it depends on the person um i tend to very much go overboard when i'm when i'm doing researches i'll get 40 plus sources um, to support any any data or conclusions or questions I might have. So a lot of scientific papers, if you look them up, they will have an introduction. An introduction is basically like, this is my hypothesis, this is what I'm wanting to find out, and here's all of the data that I've gathered to support my, my thought process and why I'm doing this. And um, that it's a very essential part of it because Sometimes you'll be like, oh, is this a thing? And then you'll do some research, and you're like, oh, okay, well, some of this has already been solved for me, and that's great. So I can support my additional half of my question because this is this shows that I am moving in the right direction. So it's 
it's important to gather information on and anything any like you can apply this to anywhere in life you just like learning about news don't just read one news source like read multiple sources uh, because that will create an even better picture of what's going on uh, and then from there you would form a hypothesis which like I said is similar to a theory it's like you're just making a statement that can be um, that can be proven false and then you test that hypothesis by performing the experiment and collecting data and this experiment must be in a reproducible manner and that is so important like you have to, I can't just like one day say oh I did this and then I didn't so you hear things about uh, control your control experiment where this if you're doing like two different things and you have a control and this is the environment as it's always been that way you can say okay when nothing happens like my what I think is happening doesn't and then you have your experimentation where you're introducing variables and variables is when you're changing the environment around it and you only want to introduce like one at a time so that's and then we have all these numbers and then we analyze those numbers and then we hate ourselves because that involves math <laughs> yeah or like not all data but <laughs> sometimes it will most times it will involve math and then we interpret that data with help of people, and then we can draw conclusions that serve as a starting point to possibly a new hypothesis. And if you were in research, you might do two additional steps, which is essentially publish and then retest everything. Which is not fun. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No one wants to but do this, it all over again. This is why science fares so much. There's actual people whose jobs it is to get a look at a look at a journal and say, okay, well, this person has done this experiment, and what they do is they take that and they reproduce it in a lab. Like they absolutely make sure that it is correct and reproducible. And if it's not, um, then they let them know, and then sometimes paper will be retracted or fixed um, depending on the experiment. Like Big Bang Theory. I I know I know I'm bringing this up. That's like that's what Leonard did when he said he was an experimental physicist, and he would say, "Oh, I was recreating this thing," and his mother was like, "Oh, so you're just doing other people's work?" No, his I job don't. was to make sure people's like things that they were publishing actually worked, and they weren't just like fudging math and shoving it in a in a journal. I was gonna grab my Big Bang Theory Lego set, but. It's too far across the room. <laughs> I was just like, look at this, but it would take me. <laughs> and you see this little house. Yeah, there's not much to see outside of it. So, so this step-by-step -step process is essential when you're conducting research in science. But like I said, it's also essential in answering any question you may have like you can you've just been showing that by applying it to your own work as a pastor so the the steps of the method like some of them the process are repeated such as like experimentation when it doesn't work you go back to the beginning and you think again and you try to think of a new hypothesis some of that is cyclical and will not be any fun and but it's important when you're just like going through life and you're gathering information you have to have as much as possible and part of the problem with the age we live in is it's so easy to get information um, yeah. some of it 
some of it very wrong. And a lot of it, too, if we were to try to scientifically methodize the news, is, right. first off, I'm not a proponent of fake news. But I do know that there are sometimes opinion articles that are put forth as, like, fact, you know? Right. And so you might almost call an opinion article the hypothesis within the scientific method that sure. some people just write the hypothesis and sign it. That was fact. We're done. You know. Right. And that, that comes into something that I'll probably talk about next time, like correlation and causation, just because you see something doesn't necessarily mean like it, it, it works together. Like many people, like a common misconception is that, scientists find evidence that if scientists find evidence that support hypothesis, then, then there's like an upgrade to the hypothesis. Now it's a theory. And then if that theory is found to be correct, then it's upgraded to a law, which I explained to you like earlier, that's like not how it works. Facts, theories, and laws, as well as hypotheses are all separate parts of the method. They can't evolve, but it's not like an upgrade. We're not moving from one thing to another. That's like the the opinion paper. Like we can't just like immediately upgrade this. Like it's still an opinion. Law. Like yeah, right. Which again, it. like if sorry, good. Like like that's why you go to multiple sources and you read more than one newspaper because they could have written an opinion article on it and then you go look it up somewhere else and nobody else is talking about it or you look at it and they say oh they say this but it's actually opposite of what all these other places are saying. Why is that? Or or is there a lot of conjecture around it? Well, why is that? Why is everyone saying something different? Yeah. Yeah, I think I might even, it might not be a great example, but occasionally I'll write something that, uh, like yesterday I wrote something that was picked up by a, a publisher somewhere. And right. uh, I'll get comments on articles like that where people assume they know everything that I think <laughs> just by reading 500 words of what I think about one thing and then right. uh, and then um, their opinion like other people might start liking it and promoting it, like yeah you're right you know it's like this hasn't even been tested you haven't even like spoken to the primary source me to see what I think you know and that's not I think my analogy is way left field. But in my mind, it made sense when I started. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. This is what you're saying. Because you wrote, you wrote an article on Relevant. I imagine that's what you're talking about. Well, that um, one actually he, didn't give much comments, assuming what I believe. But the one I did the first time, people were like, he thinks this, 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 and this. I was like, I actually agree with what you're saying. I, like, don't critique So, yeah, me. the going to the source is very important. So when I see an article referencing a scientific paper, I or they'll, they sometimes they won't even tell me, like sometimes they'll hyperlink it and I'll click on the link and I'll go to that paper. Sometimes it'll just say the title. I'll go to that paper and I'll read most of the times it's just the abstract because for some reason papers are behind a paywall. That's bad. Knowledge should be free. Uh <laughs> uh, but the abstract will actually like give you kind of an idea of what they're saying. And sometimes um, articles will either generalize it too much and misconstrue the message or they'll pick out small minuscule things which actually aren't like the focus of the paper. Yeah. Uh, so it's really important like even like 
like popular pop science blogs like on Facebook absolutely do this um, because it's easy to deliver pop science just make statements like I used to do that for you when I was on the radio when we were on the radio like the reason we started the residential scientists is because pop science stuff was coming up all of the time and it's like okay but like what are the facts yeah I think I my mean, first one was that dress the, the dress nobody could figure out what color it was and we know what color it was and it's the one that I see so everyone knows I was right everyone knows and your I eyes are right <laughs> Wait, is that was that was it? That was your whole joke? No, but my voice is Sorry. looping and I, it makes me I'd not know how to speak. <laughs> okay, I was just like, oh, okay, I thought there was more, but it's that's so fine. hard to speak when you uh, hear yeah, yourself so, speaking. It's <laughs> so it's important to understand that like the process of scientific inquiry, like we're trying to obtain knowledge, but it has to be in the form of testable explanations. Like we use this to predict the results of future experiments, but we always take that with a grain of salt and we always like go out of our way to say, well, this is just what we think will happen or it's an extrapolation or I, I think this, like you have to really like go out of your way to say this is not true because like the validity of science and scientific concepts and scientific um, facts are really important in order to maintain integrity within the realm of STEM. And, that, and that's why I want you to read multiple news sources. Which is good for everyone. <laughs> it really is. And would it really, really is. solve just, a lot of problems. We do live in an age where people want to ignore parts and they pick and choose what they like. And, like, that is hard to deal with. But also, I would like to do that, but I know I know better. And and start in starting from why is it like this? Let's look at the process of the scientific method. Why is scientific inquiry fashioned in this way? And it's because it produces the best results. And scientific papers, like, there are journals today that have existed since the 1800s. Like peer-reviewed papers work when when we're actually peer-reviewing them. That's why we've just kept doing it. I know it's supposed to be like we're all we're like going into the future with it, and we advance our technology in this way. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's true, and it's smart people who know what they're doing who put those things together. So. <laughs> Yes, but also, we're all scientists. Anybody, like I said, at a most base level, literally at its base level, the first thing you do is an observation. Look at the world around you. Everyone can do my that. Kids, my kids doing it right do now. That, like every day on their homework. What did you observe? Yep. I observed a box of markers. What did you wonder? I wondered what they do with the box of markers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are technically correct. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That was a real story. For well, us. I don't really have much more to add on that. It's just a scientific method inquiry. Yes, and thank you, please. 
Well, I think it's good. Uh, you know, like we just saw the applicability of this, not only in like a field of science, but like also in like Christianity and also just like you would assume therefore in anything that if you want to be able to do work well and really pursue truth in general, whatever it might be, it's going to require research and time and effort and not a clickbait title on an opinion article. Uh, it requires right. a lot more annoyance sometimes even because when I try to solve some of those residential scientist articles by myself, it's like, okay, this fact might be true, but what is this based off of? Then I'll go read the actual article. I'm like, I don't understand a word that this thing says because <laughs> I'm not a scientist. So Yes, and we can talk about like how the issue of the barrier of science because it is so steeped in jargon. Mm. That like that's why that's why today I wanted to start from the beginning because it is like I would have basically just had to talk about like the scientific method and all of this stuff without actually explaining what it was and that that is a problem uh, with high with like higher science is what it's seen as like higher like it's always seen as so unreachable because it's so steeped in jargon we we need to eliminate that barrier because when people when people who are unknowledgeable of the jargon or like when I'm doing stuff. My notes for papers are covered in definitions because I, I need to know what it says. And I like and it's stuff that I'm an expert in and I'm still looking up words for things that I understand. So it that that is a huge issue because it's not it's not it's not accessible to the common person, but it should be. It definitely should be. Yeah. And I think that's where roles like ours come in, you know, is like you are like this podcast is a great example. You're speaking to the scientific layperson trying to take stuff that's right. got too much jargon in it, too much research in it, stuff that the average Joe just won't know because it takes years to study this stuff. And you have to reinterpret it, say it out so that people hear it. Same with pastoring. If I'm trying to, read these articles that have Greek and Hebrew and even I don't know that, but I can at least like comprehend half of the words they're using to explain the Greek and Hebrew. And then I have to take that completely right. redesign it in a way where people who don't even know that Greek and Hebrew exist or that it's like a, <laughs> like a, that there's different forms of Greek and Hebrew, you know, now I have to like re-explain it in a way where they can understand it. Uh, I think that's the same with evangelism in the New Testament is Paul goes to different places. Mm -hmm. They don't understand certain things. He just takes their culture, rearranges how he would say it, and teaches them something high class by being the interpretive piece between the two. So, Right. That's my statement. I think it's a good statement, and I completely agree with it. So, thanks. So la di da. We won't test this no hypothesis good. then. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I think we are done with this episode of the Air Environment, and it looks like we're just getting ready to start a new series here on on scientific method per se and its future. So stick with us. You know where we're headed next time. Uh, yeah, causation versus uh, correlation. That's right. So, join us next time. 
on the air environment for causation Whoa! and then other things.